The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, Small Steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome to my podcast. This is my my weekly podcast, and uh, that means 210 weeks in a row, you guys. My daughter, about a half hour ago, was like, you could just not do it, because I was like, oh, I'm tired. And she's like, just don't do it. And I was like, 210 weeks in and just pulling the plug on this week? Um, you know, she's right. I, I, I said I, I could not just do it, um, but I think I would be bummed about uh, pulling the plug just because I was a little tired. Okay, I kind of want, if I'm going to pull the plug, it's going to be substantive uh, for a reason, in other words. Uh, good start. Good start to this podcast. I'm happy with it so far. I feel like I'm really nailing it right now. You start, What you do want to do with a podcast, just for those of you who are thinking about starting one, it's always a good idea to start each episode with the reasons why you may end up pulling the plug and, and how to justify that in your own mind. Just a little tip from me, 210 weeks in, good night, Johnny. Uh, approach to the natural, you guys, and welcome to one and all. I'm glad you're here. Uh, to those of you who are just joining me, great. Uh, man, if you're still here, it's a, you have run the ultra marathon of new, new podcast listening. You're, st- you're sticking with it. You thought you wanted to quit, but you pushed through it. Congratulations for you. In all seriousness, stick with me because you will see this is a podcast that I have um, done as long as I have because um, I want to bring my perspective, ideas, sometimes conversations into the mix of health and happiness, into the arena. And I want it to be, this is a, this is a philosophy podcast above all else. Uh, to me, there is a, a wealth of information about protein, top 10 lists, paleo diet, vegan diet, vegetarian diet, ketogenic diet, amazing stuff out there. Just, just fan. What's missing is, to me, is a discussion about ideas and the philosophy and the, uh, and the, and the f- context behind all that stuff. That's where I step in. And I'm not all those other podcasts are great, whatever floats your boat, but you're still going to have to answer this question to live a healthy and happy life. Who are you? What kind of life do you want to live? And can you do the work that it's going to take to implement whatever you're going to learn on those other podcasts? That's where I, uh, the need that I hope I feel every week, which is to come and say, good weight loss. That podcast helps you or that TV show or that book, uh, gives you the tools to lose weight. Fantastic. Can you figure out how to forge a life, how to organize your life, how to take control of your life such that you can do those tips and tools long enough to not only lose the weight, but to keep the weight off if that's what floats your boat? That can go for increasing your fitness. That can go for decreasing your inflammation or whatever it is that's bringing you to the the, the table to say, hey, listen, I want to improve my life. And I am all about that, all about that. I'm just saying... Yeah, sometimes you got to, well, most times, almost every time you got to get your head on straight, the, the foundation set before you do act one in the world. That's why with, you know, clients that I've worked with, you know, who come to me for health advice about food specifically, most times I go, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little while. Not yet. Not yet, because if I give you the food advice now, then you go like a bat out of hell and you do all the things and you follow the shopping list and you, you take everything out of your pantry and you throw it away and you buy all new stuff and you dig in and it takes a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of energy and it's new stuff and it's just overtaxing and, and you've had to put all these other parts of your life on hold. 
And gosh, what a big surprise. A month in, you go, screw it. I'm going to go back and do what's familiar and easier because I got other things to do in my life like raise a family or a job or all the other things that we have to deal with. So we ease our way in. I come here to talk about my specific, unique, small steps approach to say, ideas, I'm going to float those. I am going to float some practical tools and tips, but mostly... I want to lay down some philosophy to say, hey, before you make a change, get to know who you are. Based on that, you can decide how much you're going to bring into your life in a way that is a sustainable model that lasts a long time. What I am looking at is adding stress into your life in the con- in, in that nice little area I talk about, adaptive stress. You do too much, you burn out. You do too little, you don't make any changes. You bring enough into your life to keep you in that nice little window. What that means for some people is a ton. They can still they can take on a ton and still be in that nice little window of adaptive stress. For other people, it means a very tiny amount to put them into that adaptive stress. How do I know what to advise you on on that? I don't. I know how to teach you how to figure that out for yourself. To me, it's a, that's a model I like to stand behind. I feel 100% good about that. I don't feel 100% good about telling somebody, don't eat that, it's bad for you. Uh, I don't feel good about that. I, I I want you to know what things are good for you and what things are bad for you. I ain't going to tell you what to eat and not eat because I don't eat 100% healthy. I've said that from day one of this podcast, day freaking one. Um, I found a balance that works for me. Now, what isn't working for me this week is I don't know what because what you're hearing in my voice is that I've talked about before, like I basically get a mild cold now and then. That's what this is. That's what this is. Didn't I mean, I'm going to work, took a run. Feeling okay, but just like in the head, in the head. But it's okay because I don't do a podcast every week that relies on my voice, nor do I do a video. So that's good. I kind of just sit in my room so nobody hears or sees me. So we're all good here. In addition to the Deborah Winger-esque voice that you're hearing, I also have a nice blood blister on my lip. This has been a, this has been a good week. I've had a really good week. Um, and I was roughhousing with my twins and must have knocked my... Th- I have no... I don't remember. I mean, maybe I have a vague memory of like a little tinge of like, you know, I'm roughhousing. Hour later, I go brush my teeth and look up in the mirror and I go, oh, for the love of all that's holy. And there's a blood blister right on my lip. These are the, these are the trials and tribulations of me. I mean, this is, a rough, this is a rough life. I mean, you guys think you got it bad. <clears throat> Now, to make up for that, mm, what, you're, what you're listening to that, that sound effect, that wasn't real. I mean, that was real. That wasn't me faking it. I'm drinking an espresso. And here's the, a beautiful part of this. With my roasted beans, it's been a very long time since I've roasted coffee. I've been a little busy with the, uh, the work that I do, um, writing my book, uh, uh, for instance, and, um, and now the book's out, and it's doing okay. It kind of made me a little nervous, had a little panic attack. That could be why I, I've got a little cold here, because I've been sort of anxiety waking up at 3 in the morning. Uh, that's got to take its toll. And so um, working on my own small steps practice to counteract that, um, to, to bring in more of the things that bring me joy, to lower my overall stress, to get sort of back in the swing of things. Um, Anyway, so that's kind of how that went. But I started roasting my coffee because I have more time. I have more time. I'm like, I'm going to roast coffee. The little things, you guys. Now I'm sipping on a freaking espresso. Best one I've had in a year or, or so. Okay, a couple little announcements um, before I get onto this thing. I'll just kind of, you know, whatever. These make me a little bit nutty, nut, nut. But uh, smallsteppers.com is up and rolling. Smallsteppers.com is up and rolling. What is it, you say? Well, it's a 12-week program 
that you get weekly videos, daily emails, and those are all amazing, and I do stand behind them. Bunch of extras content too, but turns out the strength, and I, it's, it's not a big surprise, is that I'm doing a weekly live Q&A. Um, if I keep getting members the way that I am getting members, I will start doing more than one a week. Uh, that is, I love it. First of all, it's super enjoyable to me because I get to interact with members on a personal level. I don't want it to be like all robotic. Okay, automatic emails, there you go. But it's been incredible to see the questions. Here's the theme, ready for this? The theme is that people are not beating themselves up as much or at all. Uh, they are finding the changes in their life lives are happening, but what they're really finding is when they do something that previously they would beat themselves up about, they're not. If nothing else ever comes from me launching that that uh, program, I will have succeeded based on what I've already gotten from people, emails from people all over the world who are in the program telling me this happened, I did this thing, I did not beat myself up. Do you know what that means to me? And this is, by the way, not even just about smallsteppers.com. I've gotten emails from people who are just listening to this podcast and, and who, who are watching my YouTube videos. To, to me, you want to change your life, you want to, or, or not even change your life, you want to live a good life, a happy life. How is beating yourself up going to be any part of that model at all? And if I play even the smallest part in minimizing when somebody freaking gives themselves crap in the life that we are living in this world that is nutty nut nut, how can you not have, stumble? We stumble. We have challenges that are crazy. So if we can change our mindset to focus on the things that we are doing and understand that when we do things that are about self-care and adopt that ethic, I call it an ethic, of self-care and really learning how to take care of ourselves, and we do that most of the time, then when we do hit that stumble or we go on a, a trip or whatever and we don't beat ourselves up, we yet again are not only doing a bunch of cool stuff, but now not even beating ourselves up when we're not Overall, low stress, that is the perfect platform for change. The perfect platform for change is one that is action-focused, not on the one-offs or just now and then, or even if right now you're just in a thing where you're not doing things for yourself well, I still think beating yourself up doesn't help. That's why I talk about the first task, writing about who you are in the first in, the, in present tense. That's why I talk about every small step on your steps list being one of action, not one of inaction, or not one of stopping doing things, but one. But all the all the steps are doing. They're not. Don't eat this thing today. It is eat this on this day, or take this deep breath. It is not a negative. They're all positives, and that is the how you fill in the space that you previously would have used to criticize yourself in this already crazy world that is you know really rough to get through. It's a great world. There's a lot of amazing stuff. Um, but let's not fool ourselves into thinking we can somehow improve our lives with no struggle and with no blips, but let's just, you know, be realistic and do the things that make us happy more often than not. Is it that simple? Kind of, you guys, kind of, okay? Um, Health Made Simple is a, a meal plan I launched with Matt Frazier, nomeatathlete.com meal-plan-system. I was just on the No Meat Athlete podcast talking about my new book, and uh, that went well. By the way, I do blame my children uh, on this mild cold that I have. Um, and I, I like to blame my children as much as possible. Frankly, having kids, I don't recommend it. Um, and I just want to kind of put that out. What's next on my list here? Oh, so I want to talk about my book, Raising Healthy Parents. It's my healthy families book, um, specifically geared to raising healthy kids. And and uh, see, see what I did there? 
I love children, you guys. Freaking love children. I wrote a Healthy Families book. Uh, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family is out now. And I talked about that on No Meat Athlete, and it's doing well. I had, a, I, like I had said, I had a little panic attack. Some people thought when they walked by the table when I was in Los Angeles that raising healthy parents was about age, uh, taking care of aging parents. It's not. Most people know when they go, oh, clever title, raising healthy parents. I get it. Um, but it was, you know, some of them that gave me the panic attack. So thanks, thanks to you guys who misinterpreted the, the, the subtitle, you know? Okay, so it's healthy families. Dig the message. You take care of yourself as parents. It is first and foremost in allowing you to do the job of parenting better and you set a better example for your children. Those two things are first and foremost in my mind. I wrote a book about it and um, there's some very practical tools. It takes you through the, my small step system. There are recipes. There are uh, um, There's a lot of advice about how to craft a weekly sort of meal picture that makes you spend less time in the kitchen, which is what Matt and I did in Health Made Simple as well, and just put meal plans together to do that. So there's a lot of cool things going on right now. And when you guys sign up for that things, it allows guys like Matt and me and Doug Hay and uh, you know this whole cool group of guys that are and women that are doing this cool stuff and, and putting these really positive messages out to keep doing what we're doing. So if, you, if you're not kicking me a few bucks to donate on my podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com, then kick it over to Matt Frazier, kick it over to Rich Roll, um, kick it over to Julie Pyatt. You know, there's just cool, we got, there's some positives out there, okay? Um, <clears throat> not to say don't spend money on Netflix to watch Breaking Bad, Finally started watching that. Every, I, do I need the 80th person to tell me, you've got to see Breaking Bad? I'm like, okay, as long as there's not drugs and dead people, way to see you, you guys got me. Um, back to the espresso. Mm. I run the wellness center at the Stanford Inn, and I'm going to I'm gonna say something right here. And that is that uh, there was a retreat over, the, uh, over this weekend. Um. And I've done a bunch of retreats, and every so often, and actually I would say a good amount of times, the group of people that gets together just randomly, it kind of works. And this was no exception. I had a really good time hanging out with people, went on some hikes with, uh, I don't know if they're okay with me saying their names. So one of them rhymes with Ollie, one of them rhymes with Ellie, and one of them rhymes with Athy. Um, and then there was a couple other ones uh, that I also had a great time with. But I went hike on hikes and just kind of hung out and just had fun, and they're just cool, and it was great to meet them, and I feel guilty about the fact that it was my job. I feel a little guilty. I feel like I, this is vacation. I was on vacation. Don't tell Jeff Stanford that. Make him think that I was working my ass off and really overstressed, and that that's the reason I got my cold. Okay, just if you, if you ever talk to him, just be a man, sit overworked on that thing, and you should probably buy him some Tylenol. Um, yeah, so there you go. SidGarzaHillman.com is all the other stuff you could buy uh, approaching the natural podcast stuff. Good. Um, I will announce where I am going to be speaking, uh, at the end of this podcast, uh, just to kind of do that up. But this weekend, I will say Sunday, October 1st, I will be in San Francisco speaking at the World Veg Fest and that's worldvegfestival.com. I will be speaking there on guess what? Healthy families. Yes. Cause that's the theme. And I'm very excited about this new uh, thing that's going on. Yeah. Okay. And I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot, I got a decent amount of upcoming, um, speaking things. It just, like I said, I'm kind of surprised. I thought I was kind of f- filling out the rest of the year, but I mean, uh, kind of going to coast and then all of a sudden they filled up and I just got announced, um, I'll be in New York again in May, which is really, really cool. I love that veg fest, something fierce. 
this podcast um, is, is I, I, I kind of been mentioning it. It's, you know, things to think about this week, kind of that idea of planting little seeds in your mind um, to kind of ponder. And I, I had an idea today that I'm going to float here on this podcast. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but it's kind of something I want to do. And I'm going to call it the um, OMMW, the OMMW, which is the one minute midweek. And I want to do, I'm going to do a video, not a podcast, but a video that's going to be one minute midweek. Um, I used to, I was doing two vlogs on my YouTube channel, Sid Garza Hillman, Google it, it'll come up. I was doing, oh, you can go to my website and see all the videos, but you, but I was doing a, a two a week before I started writing my book. And then when, when I was writing my book, I realized like to write the book, I'm going to do one less video, but I wanted to keep it in the mix. So I was doing one a week and that's kind of then working out okay. Um, and I think what I'm gonna do is ease my way back into two a week by doing this one minute thing, but really also just as a way to, for people to sort of grab a minute um, midweek to just kind of re, if I can help you guys sort of reground, retool. What I find a lot of people and by a lot of people, also me, is that we have the plans of, of our week or we start, I start my week off with my dial back day, you know, hashtag dial back day, that one. Um, the, the Monday is my day where I, I just, for me now, you know, I've gone through ink different incarnations, you know, fruit only all day. Now I don't eat anything till dinner um, on Mondays, typically, unless something comes up and then I'm, I'm flexible, pliable. That's, that's who I am. Haven't been that way in, in the past, you guys, but totally am that guy. Um, so a little bit, you know, flexible, but that really works for me, sort of, sort of regrounds me for the week. But I do find that by Wednesday, Thursday, it's kind of, you know, you're, 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 you're feeling the, 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 the weight of the week. And, and I have my own small steps and my own tools that I keep myself grounded. And I think I've been doing very well in that regard. And my clients do too. Um, but I want to help. I want to put that out there. Okay. I want to put that out there. So there you go. Um, and what I was thinking about, and also, yeah, whatever, I'll get to that stuff later. But <laughs> think it, why not think out loud on my own podcast? Um, I was thinking about the old me or the not me. Uh, if you're just joining me, there's the me, not me game, um, which <laughs> just turned out to be just a I get more feedback on that thing than that in the first task. The me not me game has been a, a an awesome like I get more cool emails of like this is helping me big time. Again, full circle because it allows people to look at the things that are not who they are. To look at the thing, well put it this way. It allows people to look at the things they don't want to be doing in a way that is that is uh with perspective and without beating yourself up about it. It's not, oh, I did that. I'm such a crappy person. It's, oh, I did that thing. That's not me. See, the me, I would have done this instead. And it's a knowledge gathering, data gathering period that affects your actions in the future. It really, really does. Um, that's the me, not me game. So, but, but, but on that note, I was looking back to, and I've joked, joked kind of, but the fact is it's a true uh, it's truth is that I have had tendencies and have tendencies toward militancy. It's the thing that I've sort of with training plans and with diets in the past where I've sort of pushed myself through um, this sometimes not in my best interest. I'll just put it that way uh, because it was on the page and therefore I had to do it no matter what my life was looking like at that time. Um, and I look back at that and, and the way that I frame just like the way that I frame, you know, Ben and Jerry's at the end of the day, where I have been very clear for a while now, where I see that as a solution. Uh, ben and Jerry's is a solution. A beer is a solution. Uh, drugs are a solution. 
you know, light box foods of any time are a solution, mindless entertainment. Those are solutions. And I want you to not, never, never say that's my problem because it's not a problem. It's a solution. It's one, it's a solution that you have taken on. My latest YouTube channel is about framing what I believe is the truth, which is that these are a choice. Don't say you can't give, you could never give up cheese. Of course you could. Don't say that your problem is Ben and Jerry's. Say, say in your mind, that right now, what I am choosing to be the thing for me to give me a break at the end of the day is Ben & Jerry's. When you own that, and I know that when you people say own it, it's like overused now. But when you actually incorporate that thinking, because to me, it's the truth. This is not a word game. It, I say it in the video. This is not a game of word. And the video is about Taylor Swift, by the way. I had a little message for Taylor about this. I care about her. I worry about her. And I'm a little too unhealthily hooked on her brand new single. Um, look what you made me do. Perfect example, right? Taylor, please, I'll say it here too. Nobody made you do anything. You g give me a call. I'll straighten you out. Okay, so um, the, the idea is when you actually look at what I believe is the truth, which is that, okay, these are solutions for me. Cheese makes me feel better. I uh, have a bad day or there's things that are, you know, I wish I were doing and, and to kind of give myself a break, I, I eat some cheese and I, I, I like it. How I just believe that's a better way to look at things than to say, oh yeah, I'm a, you know, on top of everything else, I, I'm a I'm a jerk because I because I can't give up cheese, you know. In, in uh, that's subtext, right? Like I'm I'm a victim, I'm powerless, I can't give it up. It's just I'd rather you go like, yeah, I like it, and it's just what it is. Then you're in a position to say, is there a if you're not as healthy and happy as you want to be. You know, if you've got some weight around your midsection, that's a stress response and, and, and your, your blood pressure's up or your cholesterol or your homocysteine or you've got achy joints or you don't have the energy that whatever these things that your bodies are, you know, talking to you about, if you want to improve those things, you can say, okay, maybe there's a better solution. Maybe there's a better solution, and one of the better solutions would be first to say, what is really stressing me out, making me want the Ben and Jerry's in the first place? Um, and then you can sort of make, not sort of, then you can small step into not only adjusting the things that set the stage for you really craving that Ben and Jerry's, but also over time, simultaneously looking for alternatives that give you maybe the same amount of pleasure or, or maybe a little less pleasure, but you don't need as much pleasure because you're also coming at it from the other way that then the Ben and Jerry's solution changes to something a little healthier. Um, that's the model that I work through. With that said, I look back at my militancy and I believe that, that my militancy towards training plans was a solution for me at that time. It, for better or for worse, it got me, it kept me on track to do the things that I thought that I wanted to do, like run an ultra marathon or run a marathon. They, I, I've told this story probably a hundred times in this podcast. I don't really remember how many times. Um, but when I first quit my safe job at UCLA, after I graduated, my first job was at the audiovisual department and I quit my job and I, be, and I started working as a full-time actor and I crafted a, a, a plan, a daily schedule for me because, and I talked to Doug Hay about this a lot, a few episodes back on this podcast. Um, and I think that that, you know, Lisa likes to poke fun at me, but I look at that and go, I had to sort of get that to find my footing, to, 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 to at least not stagnate. I think I swung too far the other way of, of into, the into the militancy, but I definitely didn't stagnate. I definitely 
was in a in a place of accomplishment, and I've talked about that as the small steps is little I call them MDTs, minimum daily tests, minimized daily tests. Sorry, minimized daily tests, little moments where you accomplish and you get used to doing something. You take a deep breath, did it, done. One less moment, you beat yourself up. I mean, how great is that? And I think that the, that it. So I don't want to say that following a training plan to a T is ever a bad thing. I think it got me to the place where I was able to then liberate myself from it. And how? why was I able to? Because in that, for whatever reason, in the work, that, it's really the work that I do. And so now I want to part this knowledge and wisdom onto you. I was able to liberate myself from this, from this reality of, of militancy toward these kinds of plans because number one, I realized that ultimately it wasn't working for me. It was not working for me. How did I get that perspective because I was attending to multiple areas of my life. I was not trying to be a professional runner. And so I, I, I was able to realize, and also, by the way, ruptured my Achilles tendon as a result, and that sort of stopped me in my tracks too. And what a great way to spend time thinking about stuff when you can't do the thing that you really wanted to be doing, which is running. Um, and so I had these kinds of like, wait, why did this happen? Very much like the way when I launched my nutrition practice, I had the question of, wait, why are people not following my advice past the first month? I mean, these are, I look at my life and go, what, what is not, I want to know why this isn't working. The small steppers way isn't to go, it's not working, forget it. Small steppers go, where's the fix? Let me, let me figure out a fix. It's an it's a active participation engagement model, the small stepping every day, every time, every moment is never about sitting back. It's always, where, how can I dive in on this on any level? So the first thing was I realized that this militancy wasn't working for me. Um, I do find that a lot in people who are being militant uh, about food. I rarely find that working for them. I guess there's an exception maybe if you were a professional athlete and that was part of your job, more on that in this episode. But I think that potentially there's a model where you're like, look, this is the thing that I dial in every day because my it's my job. Um, in that sense, I'm, I could say I'm militant about showing up for work on time and working the hours that I work at the Stanford Inn, for instance, because that's my job. And, and to me, that works for me. Again, what I want is not an objective, this is good and this is bad. I want you to have the freedom of thought. Last week's episode, Into the Think. I want you to have the freedom of thought. This is why this goes way behind the all the things about the top 10 list and the this and the that. Freedom of thought to ask yourself without criticism... But is this working for you? Like, is the are the things that you're doing working for you? I mean, it's the most amazing thing when people come up to me and they go, where's your protein? Why aren't you eating that? And I'm in way better shape than they are. And, and I'm going, I don't worry about me. What I'm doing works for me. You ask, don't, more on this totally in this episode, because is what this is about. But don't ask me what where my protein comes from. Ask yourself if what you are doing works for you. If it does, great. And if it doesn't, then I hope that either you allow me to help you or you find help somewhere to, or you look for it in your own life to steer you on the right track of fixing that for yourself. I realized that militancy was not working for me. I also realized that that my entire, that model, or, or I guess the realization that it didn't work for me hinged on the fact that I knew what my umbrella goal was. If you're just joining me, my, the umbrella goal is the goal that trumps all other goals. Like it is the goal above all other goals. And, and for me, health and happiness is 
Yeah, okay, well, duh. That's not specific. Yeah, because you there's other goals that are more specific, like running an ultra marathon, like writing a book, like having a, a you know a, a a good marriage and 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 you know good relationship with my kids. They are under the health and happiness. That gives me the freedom to say, as much as I think I need to be following this training plan, is this process making me healthy and happy? I think at that time, maybe in my first few races, it was. I think that it got me to accomplish this thing that I had never done, and I felt like I needed that level of engagement to finish this race. Maybe I didn't need it. I don't know, but I felt like I did because I'd never run a marathon before. In the ultra marathoning world, you guys who have heard this podcast before, heard me interviewed elsewhere, like on Doug Hayes' uh, uh, Trail Talk, is I, the last ultra I ran with almost no training. I mean, I ran, but I didn't follow a single training plan, didn't do anything to prep at all on purpose, and I fin- had the best race day I've had. Um, so probably looking back, I probably could have done a lot less, but I didn't know it at the time. And that's why I look back and say that was good, but I didn't stick with that model very long. Because I realized that after I especially ruptured my Achilles tendon, that it was not a model that was me. I realized I am not militant. I, the the me, I had acted that way and feel and still to this day have to keep myself in check. But it's not who I am. When I say keep myself in check, that means I have to appeal to the person that I know I really am, which is somebody who is not militant about stuff. Where that militancy comes from, don't know, don't care. Who I am. Totally know, totally care. See the difference? We get hung up on, oh, well, I'm militant. That's just who I am. Yeah, well, it's not who you are necessarily. At least know that either way. Dig? My umbrella goal, health and happiness. Everything I do underneath that has got to fit in ultimately to that. Does that mean on a given day I didn't dread writing my book? Of course not. Of course not. But again, this idea of an umbrella goal and this idea of the self-knowledge that comes from the me, not me... Is, is that you have per, you have built-in perspective that maybe wasn't there before. And a little bit of, and also this idea that I talk with Hammer Home every week, which is that to do anything meaningful, a healthy marriage, a healthy uh, relationship with your children, a job that you love, a thing that you do outside of your job that you, that you do, like mu- music is for me, comes with struggle. And when you would, and I talked about recently, like when you try to fight that struggle, you're just causing yourself more stress. If you understand that that is part and parcel to any meaningful existence, then you go, yeah, bring it, struggle, financial struggle, bring it, fine. I'll be more comfortable with that so that I can actually do the things that I do. If I try to control finances and save and just, I mean, look, I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying don't save. I, I, I'm not even going to get into that whole thing, but there's a there's a there's a level there at which you go you're spending all of your time trying to maintain financial security even at the expense of your marriage or your family or your health and happiness in general just like you're trying to hold on to this control over food all the time trying to just make sure you're holding on to never slipping up and i just i've never seen that model work i've never seen it work so it is about crafting a life that you're in control of that you understand day to day who you are more often than not and trying to forge your life out for that. That's part and parcel to remembering what your umbrella goal is and being able to ask the question and not being afraid to ask the question, is this thing that I'm doing working for me? That's it. That's how you, I don't know, it's easier said than done, but that's how you roll. At the point that you just invite struggle in and just, yeah, come on in, 
Yeah, I, I got it. I, you're invited to the party. I didn't want to. Did I close the door on you? Oh, that wasn't very nice. Then I stood at the door just leaning on the door to keep you out, and I didn't even enjoy my own party. Now, what I did there was just whip up a metaphor. Out of the blue, that's because I'm drinking my own roast. I was able to just, just boom. Can I just whip up a metaphor real quick? Party. Can't enjoy the party if I'm trying to keep struggle out. Nailed it. Freaking nailed it. You guys want to quote me on that? Hit rewind and transcribe. Uh, okay, can we get into this week's episode a little bit? And I've kind of uh, uh, alluded to it already. The title of this week's episode is Compete. Uh, this comes up a lot in the work that I do. And so like other themes that I bring into this uh, podcast and revisit too, because I realized some people listened to the first 50 episode and maybe hope, hope went on to their lives and kind of did, but then some people join later and and it never ends. A lot of people have listened f- from day one because it keeps them on track. This is again, like a reminder type of podcast for a lot of people all over around, around the world. They're hearing things. Sometimes they've heard them before, maybe you know, six months ago, but they go, yeah, 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 right? Because in that six months, they got freaking swept away by some freaking Kardashian diet. Look, they look fantastic. I'm sure it has nothing to do with personal trainers and Photoshop. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they're probably putting in the work. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) When I don't tell the truth, I cough. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about competition. And here's what I mean. This is about looking over your shoulder. This is about especially in the context of today's world where we are constantly bombarded with the media and again that photoshopping kind of knowledge that that we that we look over our shoulder we look at a picture or we look at a YouTube video and we and there's a in our kind of bellies we have this tinge of like competition you know like either I can do better or they don't deserve what they're getting they're not that you know we want to sort of take them down like that like that's that comp, competitive kind of urge in, I think, in, in a lot of us. Um, I believe that competition is, with little exception, never about the other competitor or never about somebody else beside you. I, I believe that competition is never about somebody else beside you. Uh, this came up over the weekend where my daughter, Luna, is, d- does horse shows. And we're in a little town. This isn't like fancy pants stuff, but it's, it's you know, at arena in a little freaking town on the Mendocino coast. <laughs> but sometimes there's like two people in the competition. But, you know, she's 13. And, and so she's looking and, and I was in the same exact place. And I played tennis in high school. Like there were times when I would compete in a match and I would sort of get in that space of like, oh man, I hope that guy misses that serve. Um, to me, as an adult now looking and, and, and being in a situation, again, with my band, with music, sometimes it was like, I'd see somebody else, some other band get a break and I'd be pissed about it, you know? And I, and I guess if there's one, I don't, it's not a regret because like the militancy, I'm glad I went through it to the point where I was able to get past it. I look back and I worked my ass off as a musician. Uh, We did a bunch of albums. I'm proud of the work. I, you know, didn't make it financially nearly what I hoped I had at the time. Um, But the experience was amazing. And I'm kind of looking back glad I didn't make it because I like what I do for a living now more than I did then. Um, But um, I do look back and I go every moment that I spent stewing because another band got this thing or that thing or had more people at their shows, I wish I had had the knowledge back then to go that's not who I am. Let me get back in and work even harder um, to fill in that. The, the, and that's how I look at, by the way, beating yourself up. Uh, to me, it is wasted mental real estate. 
at the point that you're beating yourself up, at the point that you're looking over your shoulder and saying, well, look what they're doing. That's not fair. And, or you're in this sort of competition place of like, well, I'm going to one-up them and they're going to one-up me and then I'm going to one-up them. Wasted space. Wasted, unfocused space. I understand very well, probably more than most people, how difficult it is to shut that off. And I'm telling you, don't try to shut it off. When you notice it, what I'm telling you is you have something to fill it in with anyway. Instead, you have something to fill it in with. That's what the small steps list does, by the way. When you create a vacuum in your head by becoming aware in the moment of things that are not you, like getting into a freaking competition on Facebook because you notice somebody's life and you, you want to show uh, one-up them. When you're aware of those moments, what that does is it brings you into presence. And when it brings you into present, for that moment, the mind chatter stops. And there's this really beautiful space that is empty. It's this empty land. And if you don't have something to build on that land right in that moment, you will eventually go back to the crap that they ain't you. You got it. To me, if you spend all your time trying not to think about things or trying not to compete with people, you lose. If you do spend time filling in a steps list, filling in goals in your life, filling in knowledge in your brain of who you truly are and the life you want to live, that when those vacuums are created by you, you have something immediately to throw in that space. When I feel that to this day, I go, good, I'm going to do another YouTube video. Good, I'm going to work on my podcast notes. Good, I'm going to write a blog post. Good, I'm going to whatever. I'm going to, you know, whatever those things are, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to play my guitar. I'm going to be, you know, spend time with my family. I'm going to hang out with Lisa. Like I, there's a whole host. I have a whole list of things that I would rather be doing than beating myself up or uh, worrying about what the freaking guy over my shoulders doing on YouTube and how many sub freaking subscribers he has. I, do, I don't actually care. I don't care. Do I feel like I care day to day? Oh yeah. And so I want to make sure that you guys are putting things in your life on paper, even for now, that, that when there's a, a gap, you got something to throw in there. And that, and, and because everybody who goes, oh, I just don't have time for that. Yeah. Bull. Bull, you do not have time. Yes, you absolutely have time because at 30 seconds, you have could have done three deep breaths. And so there's something that is more productive in my mind than you stewing about somebody on, you know, on Facebook or somebody in your office that's lost more weight than you and you want and you feel like you should have lost more weight, blah, 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 blah. Part of this is the is the this is the knowledge or I'll put up it this way. Part of it is the way that we look at results. And again, this comes back to the, the idea of the umbrella goal. Um, the fact of the matter is when you, if you're in, a, in your own mind sort of competing with somebody about losing weight, let's say, um, you're really not competing with anybody about losing weight. You're really not. I mean, you're, you're like, I, they're th they lost more weight than I did. And I, now I'm going to do this and I'm going to get, I'm going to lose more weight than they are. And I'm glad they gained that weight back. And this whole kind of outward kind of thing, it's really not a competition. It's you voicing your displeasure of your own situation. I'm using weight loss just as an example because it comes up a lot. I couldn't care. It's not a thing. I, it's a side effect of health, so fine. Let's make it about health. But regardless, it's an example, so don't get hung up on it for the crying out loud. Um, but you're not really compete, competing with that person. I mean, you're really not. I like to talk about facts here. You're not really competing with that person for weight loss. What you are trying to do is make your life better. And you believe that maybe getting yourself, your body fitter is going to be a tool to that. And I think you, you're right. Yeah, you could be right. I don't know you, but it, it certainly is a tool for a lot of people feeling better in their bodies. 
Having more energy as a result of carrying less weight on the body is a healthy, healthy thing. This ain't about body image, you guys. It's about just the human body being healthy, period. Dig? Good. Um, looking over your shoulder is a distraction. I just want you to at least realize that. Why? So that like all the other things I talk about, you have a moment to go, yeah, you know what? This is not, that's not me. That could, this is a distraction. I need to, I want to focus on, more on me. It's a sign that I want to focus more on me. A lot of times this idea of competition or this looking over the shoulder at the person at the cooler who's talking about how they've lost 18 pounds in 15 days and we feel um, inadequate because we haven't lost that much weight because we're doing it in, oh, I don't know, a way that's sustainable. We need to rethink about what our what results are. We need to rethink about our umbrella goal. We need to realize, oh, wait, it's apples and oranges. That person's losing weight because they're on a diet. And statistically, they're going to gain that weight back. But if you don't have perspective and you don't have uh, the ability to, to reconnect, reground and reconnect throughout your day via, I would say, small steps, but my system, um, if you don't have that, you're going to get swept up into that made-up kind of competition. You're going to feel like they're winning and they're not playing the same game. I mean, they're really not playing the same game. They're they're playing their game, and it really isn't about you. And I, I just want to also kind of put this out there. Um, you never, the knowledge you have of someone else is very, very limited at best. Uh, you don't know what the process is for them. You don't know if they're doing a diet because it's knowledge, and they don't care if they gain the weight back, but they just sort of want to test it out and have fun with it. Like, you don't know. You really don't know. And then you might say, well, what if, you know, I, but I can know, I know them really well and I can ask. And I go, it's irrelevant even if you could know. It's irrelevant. At the end of the day, it is irrelevant even if you could know. The reason why, one of the reasons I really like ultra marathoning, by the way, there's very little about photo finishing in an ultra marathon. There's very rarely are there photo finishes where you're just like, we don't know who won. They crossed the line <clears throat> at the exact same time. It's such a long distance that the competition, and you'll hear ultra marathoners, the men and women who do this professionally, talk about it. It's you and the you and the tra- and the trail. Um, it becomes what I believe is a true a, a true representation of our lives individually on this earth, which is we are about ourselves, and we can make it about other people, and we can make it about us being better or worse, or we can realize the fact of the matter, which is that ultimately we can be guided, but we it, we're in it we're in it alone. And when we realize that, and it doesn't mean you can't get support from people and help from people, and it doesn't certainly doesn't mean you can't help other people, but it has to be up to you individually to make the changes that you want in your life. It has to be up for, for success. It has to be you, about you. And I believe to make yourself more successful means being aware of that so that you can spend less time over time <clears throat> thinking about, dealing about, dealing with anything that anybody else is doing. I, I really, really believe that. Look, is there comp, is there models whereby competition, you know, inspires us to do better? Sure. We look at a <clears throat> we're a professional athlete and we the 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 man or woman who's, you know, our competitor and they they drive us to do better. That's in a very narrow field. And and I, and if that's your job and that's your thing, that can be great and it can add to your health and happiness. My concern is the competition that does not enhance your health and happiness. My my concern is the competition like it was for me musically, not not huge. I mean, I did again, I did the work, but there was waste. I'll be very frank, this is not easy for me to admit. There's been wasted, there was wasted time. Just wasted 
mental stress that went way beyond the moments that I thought about it because they did just less, they just prevented me from doing the very thing that I wanted to do. Um, I can't look at any other band and say, well, they drove me to work harder because what I look at it as was a distraction from me focusing on my own work. Maybe it got me into the studio, but it was such a, such a, a distraction in my own head that I wasn't able to focus and be, you know, maybe as productive in my studio as I would have been if I had been more focused and centered on really clear what it was that I wanted to do, which is to, to make music ultimately and to play like doing the things that I actually love, not worrying about the, what the other freaking band did. Cut to, you know, 20 years later as a small steps coach, I'm finding the exact same thing, just not about music, but I'm finding the exact same thing. We look on, and it's even worse now with social media because we have so much access to so many more people and their photos and their crafted narrative and and our photos and our crafted narrative. And, and, to, and, and then we're in that mix a lot and it's fine to dabble, but we're in that mix so much that we are, it is a competition kind of system. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a competition environment is what I, what I really mean to say. And so we are often distracted by those things at the expense of our own health and happiness. That's where, that's where my concern is for, for, for all of you. And for me, how do we shut off in a way, how do we live in this world, but shut off enough of that crap that we don't feel like we're competing, that we don't, we're not measuring ourselves up to other people um, and, and can say, I want to work as hard as I can. How do we capture that more and more? Well, obviously, I'm going to say my small steps approach, but I'm going to say that because I believe that when you do build, a, again, build a steps list, you are filling in more you. You're filling in more you focus. You're filling in more, which I believe is in line, approaching the natural, right, in line with our natural design, which is to be healthy and happy. You're filling in more things in your life that are to that end and shoving out incidentally, kind of indirectly shoving out all that time you would have spent looking over your shoulder or sizing yourself up or stewing in the feeling of inadequacy because some other person got the one little thing that, you know, you think you wanted more than anything else. And you may not have. This is about knowledge. Always, you guys. This is about ideas. Always, you guys. Um, and what I realized in in thinking about this week's episode and the, you know, as I was writing the notes and stuff, um, is and this is going to sound kind of weird, but I believe there is a confidence required for happiness. And this is a very odd idea that I'm sort of fleshing out in my own, fleshing out, whatever the word, <laughs> whatever the word is, in my own brain. Uh, maybe fleshing out is more appropriate in that regard. But um, the confidence required for happiness. And what I mean is, is maybe... We, more so in this world of social media and everything, we equate happiness with a narrow focus like money or material wealth or something we look at online and go, they look so-called successful, they look so-called happy. When, when sometimes disengaging from that model allows us to actually be happy, but where the confidence comes in is our happiness is independent of the world in a way. And sometimes we feel like, well, if nobody knows about it, then, I mean, I want people to, I, what if nobody sees? What if, you know, I was happy as a singer-songwriter, I didn't so-called make it. And I think there was a certain urge back then of like, but nobody, I want to make sure people know that I think I'm successful at this, even though I'm not making, you know, a ton of money from it. 
And again, that's antithetical to happiness, in my opinion. That's the opposite of being happy. Being happy is I am so immersed in this process. I'm so immersed with my family life, and I'm doing all these cool things. And maybe I'm not making money in this one place, but the work, I'm so happy. But to really appreciate that and to live with that and not feel the pang of looking over your shoulder and seeing the person who's driving a Rolls when you have no idea if that person is actually happy and nor should you care, there's a, that's where the confidence comes in. And I believe confidence is built one way and one way only. Confidence is built by you taking control of your life and learning that, that how to accomplish things day to day that move you more toward who you are. That is how you build confidence. You build confidence by, if you want to know what you can do, you guys, see what you can do. If you want to know what you can do, see what you can do. What I mean by that is that, well, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I can do. Can I do this? There's no way to know unless you start accomplishing on the way. There's no way to know until you start acting on day one. Small Stepper does that. Small Stepper doesn't we act, I've said it before, we act simultaneously with the thinking. We, we, we craft this knowledge about who we truly are, and we don't say, well, I'll start this when I, et cetera, et cetera. We start acting right away because one deep breath is a way for us today, right now, when you're listening to this podcast, if you're in your car, on a treadmill, whatever, right now, take a deep breath, you just acted. And when you did that, you did build confidence. I know that sounds weird, and no, it's a one deep breath. Trust me, it's part of the overall process of being an actor, uh, an actual actor, not a sit, sitting back kind of person looking over your shoulder, wishing the other person would stumble because it makes you feel better. Oh, they gained the weight back. See, and then all of a sudden your life is passing you by, passing you by. Compete. If you want to compete, compete with yourself. But I wouldn't even say that because I think that the competition for a happy life is a game of one. I really, I really, really believe that is a game of one. I talk about holistic self-interest on this podcast. I talk about steps being positive, about action and accomplishment, and you not only accomplishing the steps, but getting used to accomplishment, getting used to doing things, getting used to taking care of your life and taking control of your life. It becomes normal. I was thinking about you know the MOT, what I talk about the most of the time. And one of the cool things, like if I'm traveling, I don't tend to eat as healthy because it's just one of those things. Like at home, I've kind of got my food dialed in when I'm traveling. All bets are off. Who knows what the heck's going to happen? There's a certain window within. I don't go like crazy, but I generally, you know, comparatively, again, there's a company. But for me, I eat healthy enough when I'm traveling, but sometimes I'll let it go a little bit. And, and my mott is so solid in the food realm and the exercise realm that I literally have urges for like a huge salad. Like there'll be days where I'm traveling on the road and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to get home and have a massive salad. Like it's, and, or, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get home and take a run on trails. It, it's such a cool thing when you're most of the time is of a, and I've talked about this before, like this podcast is raising the baseline. This podcast is not about train for your fastest ultra marathon. Like there's amazing resources out there for those things or, you know, lose this much weight. This is a, a baseline dedicated podcast, dedicated to, to raising your most of the time from which you can bounce to do like all these cool things in your life, all amazing things, projects and, and, and whatever, um, races and whatever. But when, you're, when your mott is so solid, like you actually crave when you can't when you've strayed off your mot you it's easier over time to get back on I, I i i feel good enough most of the time that when i enjoy the food and eat a little less than healthy 
that's fun for a very short time before I'm like, oh man, I crave how I used to feel before I was doing this. Yes, the food was fun, but totally not as fun as feeling super good like I do when I'm eating food that's not that way. Dig? Again, competition for a happy life is a game of one. It's a game of one. It is a game of you. It is about you learning how by adding things in to waste less time looking at the person next to you, looking at the person on YouTube, looking at the person on Facebook, looking at the person on Twitter, looking at the person on television, looking at the star, looking at the this and the this and the crafted this and this, and learning how to focus inward more often so that you can be crystal clear more often. Not 100%, guys, because there's a militancy that got me into trouble. But again, glad it was there because I could say goodbye to it most of the time. Um, Turning inward and realizing that the drive to achieve a happy life is a struggle-ridden drive. It's a, it's a discomfort-ridden drive. And man, is it worth the trouble, the trouble because the confidence that you get through this process is unparalleled. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it by shortcuts, and you can't certainly can't get it by being glad that the person next to you failed in their trek and that somehow you feel emboldened by their failure. That is a shallow, shallow win that will not deliver you anything that you think you want. Do not cheat this process. Embrace the struggle. Don't try to fight the struggle. When you find yourself comparing yourself to somebody else and you become, do it, fine. But as soon as you become aware, have something in your back pocket to throw in that space. And that's how you move on and that's how you build your confidence and that's how you build your self-esteem. Don't try to not compete. Just try to direct the competition to more of you and the way that you are expressing your life in the modern world. That's how you take it to the mat. That's how you bring the fight out that's already there. That's how you bring the strength and power out of yourself that is already there, like I say all the time. I'm not transforming people into new people. I am hopefully helping you guys get the stuff that is already in you out more often And that's what makes me happy. And that's what makes me come to this podcast every week and my YouTubes and all uh, YouTube videos and all the things that I do, smallsteppers.com included, and and to achieve what I hope for you guys, which is living a life that is more you than not you over time. That's it. Um, so I'll I'll kind of wrap it up there. Okay. Competition. It's not about the other guy. It's not about the other guy. It's about your freaking life. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat a dead horse on this. I'm just gonna say. I think I made some pretty pretty freaking good points. I'll put it that way. Um, okay, so super quick before I say my goodbyes, Portland, Oregon, October 14th and 5th, 15. Costa Mesa, October 28th and 29th, the SoCal Veg Fest. The, the Portland one is the Northwest Veg Fest. SoCal Veg Fest in Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. November 4th, Tampa Bay, Florida. January 20th and 21st, Healthy World Sedona, uh, Sedona, Arizona. And now just announced May uh, 19th, I think, is for the um, New York City Veg Food Fest. Dig? All right, you guys. All, the, all those dates will be on the show notes and, and uh, links to the books and, and, and the podcast stuff and all that kind of stuff. All right? You guys are awesome. 210, nice even number. You know how I like those things. Fits nicely into my whole feng shui. I have no, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not going Eastern, I'll tell you that much. I'll be here next week, guys, for episode 211. In the meantime, will you do me a favor, especially... People who who are listening to this who haven't before, before you come back next week, you just do me one quick favor. Be well.
out of Los Angeles The inroads all converge to one Cause we all are the dream Except for 